you. Thank you, Father. Uh, I'd like you to turn, if you would, please, tonight to Philippians chapter number 1. Philippians chapter number 1. I'm going to actually read a scripture from 2 Timothy, but I'd like you, for time's sake, to go to Philippians chapter 1. And, uh, you know, as I'm giving thanks, I also want to thank my CCM partners. Uh, We were able to uh, get to camp meeting this year. We didn't get to go last year because, again, because of COVID and shutdowns. But we were able to go, and whole family got to go, and our children were ministered to. Um, they got to be around the staff again and learn things. And of course, Amber and I were greatly enriched. And uh, you know, remember, Doctor Seville said 2021 will be a year of many firsts. You'll say at the end of the year, "Wow, that's the first time." You'll say that a lot, right? Well, I had the honor, it was a first for me. Pastor Nancy tapped me on the shoulder Monday night and said, you're ministering in the morning, which is a super big honor for me. I didn't, I said, now, Father, it was such an honor, and it would be such an honor to get to go again if she had that in her heart, but I'm almost be glad I need some sleep, because I stayed up all night long, all long. But anyway, it's a great honor. If you haven't got to see that ministry, it's on YouTube. Go check it out. Not, not just mine, but the whole camp meeting was just so, so rich. And there's lots of instruction and good things on there for you, right, Cynthia? Yeah, she's been listening, I know. So it'd be, be a great blessing. So uh, praise God. So anyway, you all make that travel possible. And I'm just so appreciative of your monthly gift and partnership with, with me in that endeavor. And we got to do a little extra ministering, uh, praise God, during this trip. So. Father, I, I come with uh, uh, an excited uh, heart tonight, and I, I ask you to help me, Father, to minister uh, tonight uh, by the Spirit and uh, in an effective manner, uh, God, in the right spirit, and that it won't be my thoughts or opinion or convictions that come out. It'll be, it'll be the Word. It'll be the Word, and it'll be the mind of the Spirit for this congregation for this moment. And I pray that every ear uh, that's here tonight watching online is an attentive ear. It's an open ear, that there's open hearts and people are ready to take hold and receive that which you have for us tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I know we're in a series and that series will continue on Sunday uh, on building the family. Excited about that. But um, I think we had 20, 25, I'm guessing, that came back for prayer. Uh, Pray it forward, the 3 o'clock prayer hour. And at the end of that prayer hour, uh, we had the gifts of the Spirit kick in, and we, uh, Sister Joy uh, gave out a tongue, and I gave the interpretation. And I'm going to read that to you in a moment. I've had it transcribed, and we'll make that available if you want one. But um, uh, praise God, because of what the Spirit said, uh, when He leads like He did and gave us the instruction He did, it, it demands uh, an immediate response, I, I believe, the, the action of that. And tonight seemed to be a, a good and fitting place to at least begin to talk about and, and respond to what the Spirit of God instructed us in that tongue and in, <coughs> excuse me, and in that interpretation. Amen. Uh, first of all, here in Second Timothy chapter two, uh, verse number uh, three, Paul tells Timothy, just read or watch the screen. I know where you're at in Philippians. Paul said, "You therefore endure hardness." Amen. Uh, as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Then he goes on and says, No man that wars, that's King James Warreth, we don't talk like that anymore, but anyone that goes to war, he's talking about what soldiers do. They don't entangle themselves with the affairs of this life. Soldier doesn't have that luxury anymore. Right? And he does that that me, he may please him who has chosen, and another uh, New King James might say, if I have this right, enlisted him. Enlisted him to be a soldier. Amen? And so in recent times, within the last year, I believe, the Lord had helped me to say that part of what a right, proper, biblical, Christian attitude is about our life as a, as a believer, you following me? is to take on, not, not, not to an extreme degree, but to take on, in a balanced way, a soldier's attitude and mindset. Right. Amen. 
Is that the analogy the Holy Ghost moved on Paul to use to Timothy? He said, Timothy, who is a believer. Y'all need to do better tonight, yeah, okay? You help me? All right. You pay, I don't want to make sure. At least have your eyes open so I can see that you're. Praise God. So he says, endure hardness as a soldier does. So if he gets an order that says, go out there, dig a hole, spend the night on the line in that foxhole, well, that doesn't sound like spending the night on a Hampton Inn mattress, you know. It, it might be a little hard. But they do it. And this says that a soldier isn't encumbered or entangled by the daily affairs of life. That's why the military provides a bunk and a house and clothes and food. So they don't have to, they've got other things. They're training, they have missions, they have orders, they have assignments. And, and, and we're not that, right? We do have work and kids and things going on, but we must manage that. Hobbies. Some people over-recreate, some people under-recreate. Some people overwork, some people underwork. Amen? We have to manage our, the earthly natural part of our lives so that we save enough of ourselves to be a soldier for God. Now that may, look, that may look a little different for different people depending on our season of life, stage of life, and our commission in the church, in the, in the, in the body of Christ. You have to figure that out. But there's something for you to do or he wouldn't have called us a soldier. Amen. So I like that phrase, we got to guard against becoming entangled. You never can come to church, you're, you're too entangled. You're too busy to serve in any capacity, you're too entangled. Amen. So he that goes to war doesn't entangle himself with the affairs of this life. Why? That he may please him who has enlisted him as a soldier. So tonight, I, I'm here at the Lord's direction, I believe, to enlist you. Tonight's a draft. You're being drafted. I see you out there. I'm talking to you too. You're being drafted. Now, uh, in the U.S., we have a volunteer army. Thank God for that, right? Thank God. You know, in Israel, every boy, every girl, you graduate their version of high school, you go serve mandatory two years in the military. I think that for this generation here in America, that might be a good idea, but anyway. But that's how they do it in Israel. And everybody carries a weapon. When I was there in 06, you see little girls, and you wouldn't mess with them. Those little girls, and they got their AK on there, and they're walking around. They've been enlisted in the army. Why? Because they have such a small population. They're surrounded by threats. Everybody's, everybody has been recruited into the cause. That's, everybody has been called to the national defense. Well, there is nobody that's not called in the church. Nobody's exempt. Everybody's called to serve some time on the line. Amen. Hallelujah. So let me see if I can get this in Philippians. Let me join you there in Philippians chapter 1. In verse number 10. And I've found myself increasingly uh, impressed to pray this in my daily prayer time over, over you all as your pastor. It's a wonderful, wonderful prayer. And uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity for me to be able to highlight this verse to you. So that you might uh, be able to see it. No pastor's praying for it. Maybe you could cooperate with it. <laughs> I think that'd be good. And so uh, you may not have an amplified, so you might want to look up on the screen. But verse number 10, Paul is in the midst of a prayer for the church at Philippi. And he says, so that you may surely learn to sense what is vital. Are you with me? Yeah. And so this is what Paul's praying. This is what I'm praying for you is that you'll learn. You know, if you don't know, you don't know. So that doesn't mean anybody's bad. But, you know, Paul's praying that you learn to surely sense what is vital. What is vital. And to approve and prize what is excellent and of real value. There's just something about life today that if we're not thinking, if we're not on it, we spend all of our day and all of our time and all of our energy and all of our week on things that are really not vital. 
We need to learn to approve and to prize and to recognize the things that are of real value. Recognizing the highest and the best and distinguishing the moral differences. Some folks, I wish I appreciate their work ethic. I'm like that. I, I work. You know, and sometimes people just work, you know, if they're, especially if they're on their own. They're, they're, they own a business or something like that. And they just work, they just go, I got a job, and I, there's an extra 10 bucks out there, there's an extra 50 bucks, and I'm sorry I'm going to miss out on church, but I'm getting it. I got, to get, I got a job to get done, I got a business to do. You need to learn, you need to learn to prize, to approve. When people miss, they miss every special minister that comes through here because of that kind of thing. Or they schedule their vacations. Now, sometimes it's like an accidental thing. A lot of times that's the way it happens. You know, we schedule something. And it's like, oh, man, we already booked it. You know, that, I'm not talking about that. But some people, man, we advertise something a long time. And they go, where are we going? Whatever. But I'm just telling you, if you need a miracle, we had a miracle service and you scheduled a vacation. Don't come back to me. You know, praise God. About I'm just telling you kind of behind the scenes how I think. Because I look and I'm like, ah, man, I don't get that. But you know what? We don't know what we don't know. We don't think the way we don't think. I'm not, there's no condemnation in it, but I'm just trying to provoke us a little bit before I get into the real subject matter. And that we need to learn. And evidently, the Holy Ghost will help. Because Paul's praying. says, Father, help them. Help them learn. To sense what's really vital. What's a, what's, and to distinguish the moral differences, here's what I wish people could see in that business thing. If they would just say, you know what, I'm setting a hard deadline. I'm going to church. I'm going to church. And if I lose that customer, if I fall behind, I'm just going to believe that God. If I put myself and put God first and put myself and do that, you got to learn that you're not going to lose doing that. God's not going to let you lose. People actually lose going the other way. That's right. Whoever said that, they're going the other way. And they, they just need to learn. God is, if you will just, you could work a whole lot less, put God first, be in the meeting, get that revelation, get that impartation, get that breakthrough, and God will work behind the scenes. He'll give you a divine idea. Or he'll, he'll work things out where somehow, some way, you did double product productivity in other times, but because you laid it down, you said, this is what's vital. This is what has the greatest value for me and my life and my family, and yes, my business, so I'm going to be there. Hallelujah. I'm just telling you, it would be such a revolutionary change. Yeah, now I'm not perfect at this. You know, I was telling on myself out in the lobby, you know, uh, God worked it around and he instructed us, go by, go by the, I've been, I wanted and believed for a tractor for five years. And God finally said, uh, you know, about November last year, uh, my wife, God said through my wife, you know, God speaks through your spouse sometimes. <laughs> We were in the bathroom getting ready, and I was talking about, oh, I'm waiting on this guy to come bush hog the farm. And she turned, she said, why don't you just go buy one? Now, that's the word of the Lord right there. God, isn't that right, guys? That's the word of the Lord right there. And I didn't wait. I didn't want her to get in the natural. She spoke by the Holy Ghost, and then she might go, oh, what did I say? Mind the, the tires were right out of the driveway, Brother Philip. Now, just as a guy, here's kind of how I've thought, okay? I'm just telling on myself. I get some new thing, and I, I don't pay cash, but I get some new thing, and it's going to, that I can't do anything like that that makes a new demand on our budget or our revenue. In other words, I'm going to go find some other avenue that pays for that. Now, that's a good work ethic, good. And then I thought, well, and I also, Rex, you know, we're going to get him this mowing business going, you know, and all this because he wants to drive like a Bugatti, you know, or something like that to church. Really, if you ask him, that's what he wants to drive, like a $300,000 car. So you better earn some money, man, praise God. So, and then, but then he did a 180 on me. He said, you know, I am just, you know, 15, 16. I kind of want to enjoy my summer. You know, I said, oh, okay, I get that. And so I've, anyway, I found myself out there mowing lawns on my day off. And in my head, I liked it. Because I'm like, ooh, that just zoom, zoom, took a look. Man, I got this money in tractor paint. Whoa, praise God. Yeah. 
And finally, I'm out there mm, in the heat, you know, supposed to be resting. And I felt like, man, I'd done something dirty on the inside. Like I watched porn or something. Bad. Finally, I just couldn't resist him where I said, okay, Father, I'm, and go ahead, talk to me. He said, well, what are you doing? I didn't, I didn't tell you to go get that tractor so that you could work yourself to death out here in the heat. I got you that so you could enjoy that on your farm. He said, don't I pay you good enough? I said, yeah, you sure do. And it's not like my wife hadn't been kind of wink, wink, told me the same thing. So I said, well, she, and I had done all this stuff. I got a website up. I got, I got business cards. And man, I, I'm about to get the T-shirt. And I'm like, oh, Father. And I just said, I'm sorry. I repent. I just repent. And I told that lady. I said, listen, I know I just committed to you that I was going to do this for you this season. I don't know if you're a believer. She goes, I'm a believer. I said, well, I'm just going to tell you then. I'm a preacher, and this is my one day off, and he just told me I don't need to be doing this. She goes, no, you probably don't. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to fix you up real good, and then that's going to be it. Yeah. Amen. And I shut that whole thing down, and you know that. But you see what I mean? And what did God want? God wanted me to rest. God wanted me to do that. And if there's a need, what is my father saying? He's big enough to just pay for it. And he just does. Easy peasy. You just need to get that. If you see the value, you should, in being present when your man of God is ministering. Or whoever's behind this pulpit. Now, there are times where you miss. Uh, Father, help me get on my message. Anyway. And that's cool. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm talking about a, a, bit, a mindset that is okay not being where you need to be. You just need to recognize. That's what he's praying. Help them learn to sense what is vital. Amen. So now let's get to the vital that the Holy Ghost had touched on. See if I can uh, get this back here. So, thank you, Brett, for transcribing this, and thank you, Andy, for capturing it. I appreciate that. I, Mark may have, I don't know, but I appreciate somebody turning their recorder on when God says something. So, we were praying uh, Sunday in the afternoon, like I said, and Sister Joy had the tongue. I wasn't expecting it, but she gave it, and it was God, and I interpreted it. You ready? This is what he said. The plan, now pray it forward is primarily, unless God leads us a different way, we're praying for the plan of God for this church, that's us, to go forward. So it begins by saying the plan requires more of this. What did we just done for an hour? Pray. The plan requires more of this, saith the Lord. The plan requires more intercession. It requires more supplication. It requires more time and more people. Did you hear that? It requires more time and more people. So there must be, there must be, Dr. Cody, a renewed and energized prayer program. There must be a more organized and concerted effort to move people into times of prayer. Now, that's not your responsibility. That's mine. Right? There must be a more organized and concerted effort to move people into times of prayer. Bring prayer to the forefront. I'm going to do that. I'm going to obey that. Whatever that means as the Holy Ghost would lead me and guide me. Talk about it a lot more. Uh, I may change. I thought I may even change the new members' covenant to try to gain some sort of commitment of, on new members that we're a praying church and we expect you to pray with us. <laughs> uh, whatever. Amen. But I just want you to know I'm going to obey. Amen. So praise God. So bring prayer to the forefront. Bring prayer, do what you, I'll lead you, I'll help you. Because I was sitting there, what's that mean? You know, what's it? you know, as I'm talking, <laughs> as I'm interpreting this. You make it an effort to bring prayer, to get it into people, that prayer must be at the forefront. So he's giving me a pastoral assignment. Get it into you. So I'm going to have to talk about it. 
So I'm thinking, well, we're in the midst of a family series. Do I just let this wait? And I thought, no. We can keep going on the family series. The Lord leads us that way on Sundays. But I got my core people here on Wednesday. And we better get to get busy. <laughs> so are you open to me getting it in you about praying more? I hope so. Praise God. So you make it an effort to bring prayer, to get it into people that prayer must be at the forefront of who we are and what we value and what we do. Because we cannot get, you will not get where I have for you to go if you don't pray, if you don't spend time, if you don't seek my face and inquire of me. And yea, it is not just up to your pastor. It's not up to the pastor's family but you must be faithful. You must be faithful to come to meetings like this, to opportunities like this. But oh yes, to be sensitive to me even throughout the day and throughout the week to bring your supply to the plan. For one day you'll be held to account and I'll, you'll stand before my son in judgment. And part of what we're going to talk about is why did you neglect or you'll be rewarded for the supply that you brought to the plan of God in prayer. Now I know I kind of stopped and made some comment and all that. I'm just going to read it through. So you get maybe the full gist and the spirit of it. The plan requires more of this, saith the Lord. The plan requires more intercession. It requires more supplication. It requires more time and more people. More time and more people. So there must be, there must be, Dr. Cody, a renewed and energized prayer program. There must be a more organized and concerted effort to move people into times of prayer. Bring prayer to the forefront. Bring prayer, do what you, I'll lead you, I'll help you, but you make it an effort, Dr. Cody. You make it an effort to bring prayer, to get it into people that prayer must be at the forefront of who we are and what we value and what we do. Because we cannot get, you will not get where I have for you to go if you don't pray, if you don't spend time, if you don't seek my face and inquire of me. And yea, it is not just up to your pastor, it is not up to the pastor's family, but you must be faithful. You must be faithful to come to meetings like this, to opportunities like this, but oh yes, to be sensitive to me throughout the day and throughout the week to bring your supply to the plan. For one day you'll be held to account, and I'll, you'll stand before my son in judgment. And part of what we'll talk about is this, why did you neglect? Or you'll be rewarded for the supply that you brought to the plan of God in prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. That's what the Holy Ghost said. Sunday just before 4 o'clock. Now... This entire church has a responsibility toward that on some level. So, you know, I'm just thinking about this, right? Pondering it. More time, more people. So that tells me, Mom, I'm talking to my prayer director here, that the prayer opportunities we are providing are, is inadequate for what the Holy Ghost wants. And yet it's also a reality, let's just be honest, no condo bondo, that most in the church are not taking advantage or being faithful to the prayer opportunities we have right now. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now lest you think, you know, this is a beat you up message, it's really not. I'm just endeavoring to be faithful. I want to get where God has for us to go. And I'm endeavoring to do my part, but, you know, again... Uh, I don't know exactly the date. It was the second to the last mentoring session. It was on a Thursday. So I was thinking about mentoring. And the whole mentoring semester of the spring, we've been talking about the plan. Just things related to the plan of God. And uh, my alarm went off at 6. I stood up on my feet, uh, getting out of bed. And the moment my feet hit the floor, I heard the Lord say, You are behind in prayer. It wasn't a rebuke, and it wasn't any sense of danger with it. He was just matter of fact, just letting me know. And it's not like I don't pray. 
But sometimes, depending on what's out there and what's ahead and the opposition, things that need to happen, we need to bring the right degree of supply to face the right degree, of, you know, to be adequate for what the future, to bring into fruition what the future. So as we approach seasons of enlargement or significant seasons individually, right, individually, if you sense that individually, that you, you don't know, but you know you're coming up to something. Yeah. You ever felt like that? Yeah. You're coming up to something. It's, it's dark, it's murky, but you're coming up to something. Yeah. One of the things you better step up is for God to have his full way, for that full thing to come to fruition without difficulty the way it wa- he wants it, you better bring the right degree. And maybe the 15 minutes that you've been doing, normally maybe that's just right. not enough to birth that thing. You know, businesses need to be birthed in this church. Ministries will need to be birthed in this church. And the ministries we have will be added to and expanded and God will lay things on us. And all of that's got to be birthed in prayer. And I can't do all that God's called me to do and birth it all myself. My wife has a part. And my kids have a part. And, but, but God says just not all of the pastor's family. Amen. And so just, I, I just know, I know how I am, I know how the flesh is, I know how the American church is, and unfortunately, the mindset is, is that prayer is the least possible activity, popular activity that goes on in American churches. It's like, oh, yeah, I know we should. And no, we, gotta re- we need to renew our mind. We need to renew our mind. To pray is not a religious burden. It's not a religious burden. It is the greatest of honors. Jesus died and he shed his blood so that we might have fellowship with him. That we might enjoy our Father. That he might be able to have access to us and us to him. But it's not just all hangout time. There are things God wants us to do. Things that he needs us to birth in the earth. Amen. And we need to relish in, we need to grab hold of, we need to learn to sense what's vital about the great privilege we have to get to pray. You know, all those people under the old covenant before Jesus went to the cross, they could only get so close to the presence of God. And if they got too close to that holy of holies, they're going to drop dead. Aaron's two beautiful sons, they died. They died early on learning that lesson that you don't just get to go into God's presence because they were not born again. They were not new creations. Well, who was it? David's servant Uriah. They're taking the, the Ark of the Covenant back into the camp, out of the camp of the Philistines. And the ox stumbled and the cart, you know, went like that. And just out of reaction, he reached up to stabilize it and he dropped dead just like that. Joshua was so hungry for God under Moses and Moses would be allowed to go into the presence of God and, and uh, then he would leave to go to conduct business and Joshua would just stay there. He got as close as he could and he just stayed there at the entrance. He, but he couldn't, he couldn't go in. And you and I, come on. God now says to us in the new covenant, come boldly. Come boldly to the throne of grace. We can go right into the throne room. And yet we don't. Because we're too busy. Or we're too carnal. Or we just don't want to. And that's got to hurt the heart of the Father. Right? That's got to hurt the heart of the Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Go with me to, uh, oh, we're going to do just good to just kind of get this introduced before 8.30. So we'll just have to shut down and see what, see what happens next. But amen. You'll get a nugget or something here. Luke chapter 18. And uh, praise God, verse number one, this is right out of the mouth of the master. And he spoke a parable, Jesus spoke a parable unto them to this end. Now most points of the parable you either have to figure out on your own or they come at the end. But he said, lest you miss it, I'm going to give you the purpose and the answer to the parable before I tell you the parable. That's how important it is. Don't miss this. So he told them a story, right? He spoke a parable unto them to this end. What is the point? 
that men ought to always, ought always to pray. See, so if we're going to always pray, it can't be about works. It can't be about a schedule. You know what I mean? We just have to turn our heart toward God and, and live with an attitude of constant awareness and constant communion and constant fellowship. Don't make your prayer life a work. No, you know, no. Bless God from this day forward, I'm going to pray minimum of three hours a day. Don't do that to yourself. Because you won't do it. You won't do it. You'll fail. You turned it into a law. The, the, the letter of the law, the Bible says the letter kills. It's the spirit that gives life. Now there are times like on my life, now this is what God told me, it's not on you. God told me six days a week. You get up. You get out of bed. You spend that time with me. Now that's not on you, but that is on me. But something's on you for prayer. And if you didn't feel like anything was on you for prayer, it's on you now. Right? Go to 1 Thessalonians real quick. Now, I've had people so sweet. And if you're in the room and this fits you, listen. No, I'm just telling you. So sweet. Seriously. But wrong. Won't come to Thursday morning prayer because they don't feel trained enough. They don't feel able enough. They don't feel adequate enough to join us in prayer. Listen, that's not wise. That's not smart. God has no unnecessary, unused members. None. And none of us are dismissed from bringing a prayer supply until we feel like we're skilled enough or expert enough. Wherever you're at, you bring your supply. If it's joining the group and listen. If it's joining the group and say, Amen, that's right. Praise God. You pray what you know. You pray your heart. Some people won't praise. I've heard, over the years I've heard this. Well, you guys are just so eloquent in prayer. And I'm not eloquent. I just, I'm not, I'm not, I just don't feel comfortable coming. That's just not good thinking. I don't care about eloquence. Y'all have heard me talk. You know, come on. I, I don't care about eloquence. God doesn't care about eloquence. What God, what makes a great prayer, now there is skill in things to learn, but the way you do that is you put yourself in a learning place. To not do that, it would have to be pride, right? Lest they don't think I know what I'm doing, I'm not even going to show up. That's pride, isn't it? I'm not going to open my mouth and let them know that I don't know everything about prayer. Why don't you just join the club? None of us know everything there is to know about prayer. <laughs> right? I mean, when Brother Kevin comes in when he can, I mean, he has, I mean, he has prayed to fire down in that place back there. And, and you know what? You know what I appreciate? is sincerity. It's sincerity. It's not scripted. Whatever he's prayed, I appreciate it. It just came out of his heart. Love it. You trip all over your words, jumble the scriptures, call Philippians 4.19, you know, some other verse, and it it don't matter. God gets it. But you learn. But none of us are dismissed from bringing a supply because we don't think we know enough to. Prayer's talking to God, and you, you have the ability to talk to God. So that is me inviting you. Not everybody can, but some people can. Amen. Hallelujah. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. First Thessalonians 5:17, what does it say? Pray without stopping. <laughs> well, I gotta eat, Pastor. Can't pray while I'm eating. That's not good form. <laughs> what does this mean? It doesn't mean you're talking. All, it doesn't mean. See, we've got to get this out of our idea that I'm not praying unless I'm in a holy posture with a holy voice. You know, all that junk. Right. Amen. What does it mean? I, I'm, my antenna's up. 
I'm communing with God. I'm paying attention to God. I know He lives on the inside of me, and I'm, I'm eating right now, or I'm, I'm working right now, or whatever, but He's with me. And I'm available. And wherever I can, I'm bringing Him in. Wouldn't it be rude if, you know, Philip sometimes, when he's had opportunities, says, Pastor, could I just come spend the day with you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Could I just come shout you? Wherever you go, go. Wherever you got to do, do. Whatever. And if you need to have a private meeting, kick me out. Whatever. I just love, you know. what. And uh, But wouldn't that be rude if, if, he, if he came along and I just really acted like he was not in the car, that he was not there? No, but he literally said, whatever I've got going on, I go do. But I talk to him. And I might say, this is why I'm doing it. And I might ask him something. But see, he's with me. Yes. It makes the day sweeter. Yes. God's with you. Yes. He's with you when you're in the truck. Yes. He's, he's with you when you're back there with screaming children. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. He's with you. He's with you in the cab of the tractor. Yes. Yes. Come on, right? Yes. This is the, sort of the beginning place of prayer. Is you just realize it's not about rules and forms and laws and works. It's just about you talking to God and God talking to you. And if you know something that's on pastor's heart, that you could take a little bit of that time and say, Father, I lift that assignment on our church before the Lord. And I so thank you, Father, that those contractors, pastors trying to get to show up, they're they're, they're, they've got a mind to work. The angels are working, shooing those contractors off those other jobs to our job. Yes. Thank you, Father, as I heard Pastor pray that uh, the angels are, they really are, they're, they're, they're working on that supply chain. Get those, it won't be 16 weeks, it'll be 8 weeks before those cabinets get here. Yes. Right? Yes. And I tell you what, if you'll just cultivate a daily flow with God, you'll get to where I want to be where I can pray. Those, those few times during the week where my brothers and sisters are getting together to pray because I'm, I'm praying all the time. And it's easier to get in the Spirit with other people there. And so, you, you know, people that never come, they never have an appetite for the corporate prayer times, they're telling me about their private times. Amen. Because if you're cold in some area of your spiritual life, the last thing you want to be around is around people and activities that are hot where you're cold. So it's easy for folks to stay away from 3 o'clock prayer. It's easy for them to, you know, say, gosh, I don't, you know, what do I do for two hours? You know, I'm, I got stuff to do. It's just, it's just easy to do that. But you know, it's like my friend Dr. Hattabaugh says, you're always where you want to be. <laughs> you're, you're just always, always where you want to be. And people that have tapped into and they've cultivated a flow with God to any degree, ooh, I'll, I want to learn more about that. I want to hear more about that. Amen? Praise God. All right, real quick. Ephesians chapter 6. Uh, in the spirit of my son, I'm giving you several witnesses tonight. You know, Wasn't that good on Sunday? It's all so good. So proud of the youth. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 18. First two words, what's it say? Praying always. So Jesus said men ought always to pray. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says pray without stopping. Hallelujah. And here he says to the church at Ephesus, praying always. Praying always. So my, my time's almost gone. I wanted to for the last couple of minutes we have, is just, can I do a little reading? Yes. I, I'm sorry I forgot my physical copy of my book, and I don't know if it's part of the new debut of what you have, E.W. Kenyon's book, In His Presence. Yeah, okay, so it may be in the bookstore on Sunday, but E.W. Kenyon wrote a wonderful book on prayer called In His Presence. And oh my. And... Uh, I pulled out some bullet statements. Let me read those to you first. These are all statements that he made uh, in his prayer book. Prayer is an excursion into the supernatural realm. Prayer alone gives success. There is no denying that the lack of prayer is the bane of the individual member of the body of Christ. 
You know what the bane means? It means like the black mark. The deficient area. On the average individual in the body of Christ is their lack of prayer. Prayer should be as natural as breathing and enjoyable as enjoyable as eating. I love that, right? It's not some work. Listen, we're fellowshipping with God. Come on. Anyway, habits are the children of our choices. If you don't have a prayer habit, it's, you gave birth to children through your choices. Yeah. We are what we make ourselves. Amen. Amen. You, you're gonna have, if you're going to be a prayer, you're going to have to make yourself that way. You have to make a firm decision. I'm, I'm a prayer. Just like I said earlier about tithing. I'm a tither. That's it. You just lay it down. You just lay it down. I'm a prayer. Then he says the prayer habit will be born out of your own will. And he said if you don't take time to pray, you're losing out. Unless you do your part, you ready? Men will cry out against you throughout eternity. Because they went to hell. Because we didn't pray for lost souls. For you to disobey the prayer call is for you to disobey the call of your father. I'm just trying to say some things to not make you mad, but to stir you. These things stir me. The prayer responsibility today is the most important thing of our lives. See, we just don't think like that, right? The prayer responsibility today is the most important thing of our lives. Prayer is facing God's, facing God with man's need and God's promise to meet that need. And there's people out there that need that. I think about a little girl Stacy was telling me about in our daycare. And this little precious girl is showing all the signs of the heartache that she's experiencing in her broken home. And they don't have church. They don't have a pastor, and they should, but they don't know. They don't, they just, whatever. Yeah. Who? We. Yeah. Yeah. We who know. We can bring this little girl and that precious mom and dad. Bring their need before our God with His promise to meet that need. That's what prayer is. What an honor. What a privilege. I know for me, I'm standing here today in part because somebody did that for me. In a car that flipped four times and no seatbelt, somebody somewhere prayed a prayer. Paul, come on, right? A lot of us. I know we've done a lot of praying for you precious girls down at the end over the years. Amen. Here they're sitting, doing good, moving forward. Prayer, he said, is part of God's program for us. It's His will for us. We're going to miss a great thing if we, you know, we don't get with it. A prayerless ministry is a powerless ministry. A prayerless church is a useless church. (laughs) Now that's not us. But God is saying in that prophecy, right, that tongue interpretation, you're going, more, got to have more. It's going to take more, more people, more time, more faithfulness. Isn't that good? Let me just read to you a short portion we'll leave. Ready? Every one of us, he said, I'm just reading from his book, must ta- has a place in prayer. God has no unused members. There is not a useless member in the, in the physical body and neither is in the spiritual body of Christ. God is playing with divine wisdom, the body of Christ. And the moment that you were born into that body, you have your place in which to function. Amen. If anyone thinks that because of a lack of training... Uh, for or a lack of this or that, he doesn't have a place. He is deluded by the enemy. You have a place. With that place comes a responsibility. And with the responsibility comes either a reward or a demerit. Something to be taken away. If you do not take your place in the family of God, in the church, and begin to function, the body of Christ is weakened because of it. Some have the idea that their special vocation is to criticize others because they're not doing more. The Holy Spirit is the only one who has that position. You have no right to set yourself up as a critic. Your business is to find your place and fill it. Until you do, you will pay the price. 
Listen to this. Until you do, you will pay the price. I want you to know, my brother, my sister, that the price you pay for staying out of the will of God is expensive. This is what I wish our business people would see. And as we, you know, set our calendars and just different things, how we prioritize, this is what I'm praying we'll get. Amen? Amen? You may pay it in sickness, in the loss of money, or in unhappiness with your loved ones. For you can't be the protected one, the cared for one, as long as you are standing outside the Lord's will for you. Take your place. Give yourself to meditation, prayer, and the study of the word. Don't allow anything to stand in your way of you finding your place. Life will not mean much to you outside of God's will. Boy, I could preach on that. The big thing of life is to be in the will of your Father. You say you were never called to give your life in prayer? Question mark? No. You may not have been set apart by the Spirit for a special ministry, but I think it would be wise for you to spend enough time in prayer to get acquainted with the Father. (laughs) There are only two ways to get acquainted with the Father, through the Word and by prayer. If you don't take time to pray, you're losing out. You cannot say that you have no responsibility in the prayer life, because you do. I see To see a need is to have a call to pray. Hallelujah. What about your neighbor? If you see something going on in the life of your neighbor, I'm not going to see it. It's not my responsibility to pray for your neighbor. It's not my responsibility to pray for all the needs you see. You say, Pastor, it's 8.30. I know I'm going to go just a hair longer. Amen. You cannot say that you have to see a need is to have a call to prayer. There are people who will be utterly lost unless you take your place. Unless you do your part, men will cry against you throughout eternity. You cannot plead that you have too much work to do. You can pray while you work. You can't put up the plea that you do not know how. You can learn if you wish. See, I love that. Take away all my excuses. For you to disobey the prayer call is for you to disobey the call of your Father. The prayer responsibility today is the most important thing of our lives. Did you ever realize that there are men and women who are defeated and they are breaking down in their business, their home, and their spiritual life because we haven't prayed? Let me change it because you haven't prayed. That's him right. You have been occupied with your pleasures and your dreams and men and women staggering under the burdens you should have carried are breaking down. Mm Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Oh God, have mercy on us. As you read this, do not read it to simply awaken you for the moment. But let prayer, I'll just let this be my closing, but let prayer become like you're eating your business or your home. If you are a mother or a wife and live at home, there are certain duties that you perform every day for your family. The greatest duty that you will ever perform for your family will be the prayer duty. It may be that it is no longer a privilege. You have thrown the privilege away. You have ignored it. It has now become some stern duty. You must go back to your prayer closet again and begin and renew your fellowship with Him. Why? Because if prayer is first and foremost about fellowshipping with God and getting to know God, prayer is the greatest joy. Prayer is the greatest joy. Amen? Do it for the sake of your family, the boys and the girls, for the sake of your home and your church, and God will honor you. Children are growing up in Christian homes without the restraining power of God on their lives. The reason is apparent. Mothers and fathers have failed in their responsibilities in the prayer life. I call on you men and women who you you yourselves are to blame for the crime and the lawlessness of the youth of this generation to go and to ask for his forgiveness and to take up your responsibilities now. Wow. Hallelujah. Kind of a heavy way to end it, but amen. It's just very challenging. Amen. And, you know, but this call, and I'll make it available again, we'll print it out or put it online, whatever, of the things that God said, 
You're not a burdensome thing. God has much. God has much for all of us. And it's just going to require we put more fuel in the tank. Could I put it that way? And the more people we have with a fuel nozzle in their hand, the greater the results. What did they say about many hands make for easy work? Many hands make for light work. You know, when Miss Karen has two people come to decorate the church for Christmas, it's going to be here forever. But when she has 25, in that sense, the more of the family that we get engaged in the prayer responsibility, the greater the fruit of our church, the more glory God will get. And the greater the impact on people's lives will have. Come on, I'm not here to play church. I'm not just here to pat my oh, collect a paycheck each week and count people and go on about my way. I've learned a lot about business and other things. I could go and make more money, you know, doing other things. I, I'm here because there's an assignment. We're all called to it, and it's exciting. And, and prayer plays a big part in getting that done. So would you be help? Would you help me? You know, the, you can stand up. The way you begin to help me is, if you can, take advantage of the prayer opportunities we have right now. Amen. Look, get your cup of coffee, fellowship. Do that. That's why we provided it. But you could take 10 minutes, take 5 minutes during that prayer of 30 minutes and, and get in here and release your faith over Amen. some things. Or I've, I've, I've made those, those, the church uh, saying list available. Pull that out, get yourself one, and say, number one, that's me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold that before God. And, you know, our next later in the month, we'll have another pray it forward, I believe. Go ahead and make plans. And get, make some lunch plans. Go to yeah, church make some lunch plans. With some church members, have a great time. Change your clothes if you want. Bring a change of clothes. Amen. Come back in here and pray an hour. Just don't take it on as a burden. Just, just, just count it as the privilege that it is. Amen. Father, we love you.